This message comes from NPR sponsor Rosetta Stone, an expert in language learning for 30 years. Right now, NPR listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership to 25 different languages for 50% off. Learn more at rosettastone.com NPR. Today on State of the World, mothers of Israeli soldiers protesting the war in Gaza. Thanks for listening to State of the World from NPR. We bring you the day's most vital international stories up close where they're happening. I'm Greg Dixon. In a few minutes, we'll hear that the U.S. and Britain are in a tense disagreement about tea. But first, in recent weeks, there's been a slight shift in tone in Israel. There have been calls for Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu to step down. And there's been a small but growing anti-war movement in Israel. It includes a group of Israeli mothers whose sons are serving in the Israeli military. And while these mothers want the war to end, they don't have the heart to tell their sons they're protesting. And PR's Daniel Estrin in Tel Aviv brings us their story. The story begins with an Israeli mother who felt very alone. Math professor Michal Brody Bareket was walking in downtown Jerusalem to join the first protest demonstration organized a week into the war. And when I reached the protest, I didn't understand where is everybody. The police had broken it up. And then policemen aggressively threw me to the ground. Me and my sign, they just saw the sign and they threw me to the ground. Only a week before, Hamas had invaded southern Israel, carried out a massacre, and captured hundreds of hostages. The sign she held called for Israel to begin negotiations for the release of the hostages. Israelis on the street called out death threats. A very high hostility was in the street towards this opinion. But that is exactly what Israel ended up doing, negotiating with Hamas for the release of half of the hostages. Meanwhile, her son was sent to fight in Gaza. In my worst dreams, I never thought of such a situation that my son will be sent inside Gaza. I was climbing the walls. I was so nervous. Army service is mandatory for most Israelis. Her 21-year-old son serves in a special forces unit. About half of his small team has now been wounded, some by friendly fire. When her son came home for a short furlough... He looked at me and said, how much do you want to hear? So I said, talk, talk to me. And he, he had some uh, awful stories, but I don't want to tell them. Did his team kill any fighters, any civilians? They did. Both fighters and civilians, you think? Yeah. How does that make you feel as a awful, mother? Awful. Awful, and he's going to have a very big wound in his soul. She defines herself as a radical leftist opposed to Israel's military response to the Hamas attack. As if a huge massacre in Gaza can compensate the awful massacre that we had in Israel, I cannot accept it. Brody Bareket started a chat group on WhatsApp. In English, it's called The Mother's Cry. It's a call to pull the troops out of Gaza. She invited other parents from her son's army unit to join her. None responded. But she since has found some like-minded mothers. At their first meeting in a Tel Aviv park, they shared what their sons told them about their experiences in Gaza. He told us that it's like Hiroshima. He's been shocked by the destruction. Bye. 
it's like useless. It's it's leading to kill our sons. This is the only thing I see. We want to encourage other solutions, but it feels that the majority is in such a shock after the events of uh, October 7, so they are not able. That's Tali and Effie, nicknames only. They don't want their sons serving in Gaza to find out about their protest. They're worried it could confuse them on the battlefield. Do you feel lonely in Israel, with your opinion? Very much. Very much alone. A recent survey found 75% of Jewish Israelis oppose the U.S. call for Israel to reduce its bombing in densely populated areas of Gaza. Let us win the war! Let us win this battle! We can! This is a different group of mothers whose sons are soldiers in Gaza, protesting outside the hotel in Tel Aviv where U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken was visiting recently. Rina Shamir says Hamas must be destroyed. I'm a fighter. I saw what they did, and I'm going to kill them all until they're finished, and my grandchildren will live here free. I know a group of mothers that are calling for their sons to actually come home now. They want a diplomacy instead of continuing the fight. What do you think? I don't know. I don't want to judge them. It's crazy. But we're going to win. We're going to win this battle. That's the sentiment the anti-war mothers group is up against. But they draw inspiration from an earlier movement called the Four Mothers, That's a famous grassroots group from 20 years ago which opposed their son's service during Israel's occupation of Lebanon and are credited with swaying public opinion leading Israel to withdraw in 2000. Rachel Mudpiece Bendor helped lead that successful protest, and she supports this one too. I'm so proud that women continues to go out and express their opinion and voices, although it's not popular. They are trying to protect life. She's encouraging these mothers not to be afraid to speak with their sons who are serving in Gaza. Be a mother. You know exactly what to do. There is no question of optimism or pessimism. It's not relevant. You are there to save lives. As simple as that. There have been small vigils in Israel calling for a ceasefire or expressing sympathy for Palestinian victims in Gaza. Many have been broken up by police on a scale that's unprecedented in recent decades, says the Association for Civil Rights in Israel, which fought in court to secure permits for some protests. The Mother's Cry group is a small presence in the crowds. Founding mother, Michal Brody Bareket. It gives me a lot of hope. I'm not desperate anymore. But she still cannot bring herself to tell her own son, serving in Gaza, about the movement she's trying to build. That's NPR's Daniel Estrin in Tel Aviv. Now, a book from the U.S. that is brewing a strong reaction in Britain over tea. Diplomats have gotten involved. So who is the American chemist who finds herself in hot water over Britain's caffeinated drink of choice? NPR's Lauren Freyer in London introduces us to her. Michelle Francel, a chemistry professor at Bryn Mawr College in Pennsylvania. She thought her new book, called Steeped, The Chemistry of Tea, would be a modest little chemistry tome with crossover appeal. Thinking about caffeine, thinking about the molecules that give it its beautiful aroma. Except there's this one line. Here's the full book, and I'm going to look to see 
where I put the salt in. For the perfect cup of tea, she advises warming the milk to reduce chances of curdling when it hits the water and adding a pinch of salt to make the tea less bitter. Now, to anyone who's ever been in a relationship with a Brit or spent like five minutes in the UK, that sounds like blasphemy. This scientist reckons that the only way to have a decent cup of tea is with a pinch of salt. That's what I said. Lunacy. You'll be right. Hot milk and salt. Who is this person? Those are local talk radio hosts Vic Minette and Tony McDonald. They had on-air call-ins from people like Jane Pettigrew, director of the UK Tea Academy, recipient of multiple World Tea Awards, and contributing editor of Tea Time magazine. I just made myself a cup of tea with some salt in it, and I have to say I don't like it much. (laughs) Bizarre. It's It's been 250 years since the last time Americans spoiled a whole lot of British tea with salt water in Boston Harbor. So the U.S. Embassy in London scrambled to issue a statement calling tea the elixir of camaraderie, a sacred bond that unites our nations. Here's the embassy public affairs officer, Rodney Ford. We want to assure the good people of the U.K. that the unthinkable notion of adding salt to Britain's national drink is not official United States policy. And never will be. Except, as in Francel's book, there's this one little line at the end of the statement. The U.S. Embassy will continue to make tea the proper way, it says, by microwaving it. Heads are exploding across these British Isles. And in case you didn't catch this, the U.S. Embassy staff have a sense of humor. It mostly seems all within kind of good fun. People are taking it... I'm going to make a terrible pun again. A grain of salt. (laughs) As for the author Francel at the center of this whole brew, haha. Well, my son lives in London, so now I'm worried am I going to be able to visit him. She's pretty sure she'll still be allowed into this country. That's NPR's Lauren Freyer in London. And that's the State of the World from NPR. Thanks for listening. See you again soon. In this country, some truths aren't self-evident. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of stories as wide-ranging and real as the people who tell them, we celebrate the Black experience for all its soul and richness. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get podcasts. Support for NPR and the following message come from IXL Online. Is your child asking questions on their homework you don't feel equipped to answer? IXL Learning uses advanced algorithms to give the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. One subscription gets you everything. One site for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And NPR listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Mint Mobile. From the gas pump to the grocery store, inflation is everywhere. So Mint Mobile is offering premium wireless starting at just $15 a month. To get your new phone plan for just $15, go to mintmobile.com switch.